Hey guys, I'm Danny. And I'm EJ. And this is the Your Living Proof Podcast. Where we talk about addiction and how it affects the family, from the brutal to the beautiful and everything in between. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Your Living Proof Podcast. I, I was going to start out, typically I like my wife to have her voice come on first because it's more pleasant for everyone. But I needed to excuse myself right away because my voice is a little raspy. He's got that rasp. The NBA playoffs started, and if anyone knows me, and if um, you already know that I'm a big fan of the Utah Jazz basketball, and the playoffs started, so I was at the game last night screaming at the top of my lungs, thinking that I'm going to make some sort of impact or alter the Oh, I guarantee you made an impact. Well, I did, but my voice is a little raspy this morning because of it. However, quickly this morning, and before we get going, I woke up sad because my team lost, um, got the kids ready for school, took them to school, and I sat in the drop-off lane. My kids jumped out of the car, and as they shut the door, they screamed, no masks, no masks, and literally ran like it was Christmas morning to, to find their presence. And I sat there, I sat in awe in this drop-off lane at the school staring at kids and they were coming from both directions you know parents drop kids off everywhere the buses drop them off kids were coming from behind me and in front of me and I sat there for a good couple minutes and watched until someone honked and then I had to move but I saw kids smiling and they weren't normal smiles these were smiles like I'm gonna tear the cheeks right open yeah they were and I I thought well is it because I haven't seen their faces all year is it because it's the last week of school. I don't know. So, yes, we could get into a whole can of worms of how ridiculous it is that they've had to wear them and how ridiculous it is that they've now allowed them to not wear masks with three and a half days left. But nonetheless, I got to see kids smiling from ear to ear. So instantly that heartache from the loss of my team last night in the playoffs was replaced with just seeing kids just so happy. Joy. joy, Pure joy. joy. And you get to see it. So yes. it's great. And I, I, for me, I'm like pure joy because this month is almost over. I oh. <laughs> freaking, I, and it's funny because like I love spring. It's my favorite it's for sure my favorite season, but May has almost done me in. Like I, I have not been able to keep up and it actually made me think, I'm like, I wonder if that's why they made May mental health awareness month. Like maybe for you, not to make light of it at all, but I'm like, I do, I have felt more this month that I have been losing my mind than in any other month for for quite some time. And I, I don't know if it's just like the amount of things to go to and to do and the performances and, and the tryouts and the signups. And then you also need to think about summer and summer camps and, and making sure your kids get into this and that and looking forward and trying to predict the future. And, oh my gosh, like I... I yeah, are we transitioning from this team to that team? Yeah, like or? I'm like, okay, are you going to commit to soccer? Are we doing this? Like okay, then we got to try out and we got to, it's just been like madness. And I, I just, I'm sure you're not I, the only mom. out Yeah. There I just want to so. say to all you moms out there, hang on. <laughs> We've almost made it through this month. And here is, is my, my mental health tip. I read it uh, this past week and I was like, okay, yep. 
uh, this is this is good advice. It says, mothers who kn- who know do less. They permit less of what will not bear fruit eternally. They allow less media in their homes, less distraction, less activity that draws their children away from their home. Mothers who know are willing to live on less and consume less of the world's goods in order to spend more time with their children, more time eating together, working together, reading together, talking, laughing, singing, and exemplifying. These mothers choose carefully, and they do not try to choose it all. That is influence. That is power. And that is a quote from Julie Beck. And I just, I just want to say that to to all you mamas because we we are awesome at doing it all. And um, but I loved that she said, try try to not choose it all because in in May we are yeah or just choose carefully. All, All of us are trying to and and it's so healthy to take a time out. Like I'm not saying oh just give it all up. But if if there's one thing that I loved the silver lining of 2020 for me was the slowdown and the realization that we really weren't missing out on anything. And so I, so when I'm looking forward to a break and when I need a break, I go and I run to Wyoming and I, I sit and smell that fresh air and I let myself have a timeout from all the pressure and all of the things that I'm trying to do at once and everyone yeah, it's, has it, we that. have a little family place up there it's it's a little ranch with our family and it's a quiet place and up near star valley and she lays on the ground sometimes you guys i do this she thing. calls it earthing <laughs> i earth and i'm not a hippie at all like no for heaven's sake she's I the have, opposite i of have it. a gold tooth but i i it's like grounding to me like i'm like okay like i'm here I'm in this moment. Everything's okay. I don't have to be somewhere or be doing something like constantly. And it, it resets me and then I'm able to, to move forward. So yep. that's my tip for all you mamas. Um, and I just also want to say this week, I, I was so grateful that I was home and out chasing my 16 chickens when my boys got off the bus because as they got off the bus, I could immediately see they were like, their energy was just a little off. Like it was crazy. And I'm like, hey, come over here. Like, come talk to me. Bring your bag. Just drop it right here. And they w- both walked over and I'm like, what's going on? They're like, wow, mom, we got <sighs> something happened on the bus today. Yeah. Well, they're very dramatic when something. Yeah. And I was kind of like, oh, great. Like, did you fight? Like what happened? Uh, throwing water bottles. What? And they were like, no. So my boys are 10 and 8, okay? So they're like, okay, somebody showed us something. And it's just, I, they showed I them just on the can't bus, believe right? it. Yeah. My friend showed me this on the bus. And I'm like, what did he show you? Like, I'm panicking in this moment. And he's like, well, it's just like something that you do. Like, it's like a, like a thing you do with your mouth, like, and your two fingers, like you put your two fingers up, like close to your mouth, and then you stick your tongue out. And I was like, <gasps> "What? <laughs> that this vulgar gesture? My little eight-year-old sweet boy just is making this face." And he said, "Yeah, they taught me that." And I said, "Okay. Um, did they tell you what it meant?" And he's like, "Yeah." And I said. Okay, tell me what it is. What does it mean? He goes, I think it's like you lick somebody's private parts. And I said, yep, that's what it means. 
And he was like, I hate it. I hate it. And I said, okay. And we, we had this conversation, all three of us, me, the, my son, Dominic, that's 10, my son, Roman, that's eight. We had this conversation where we talked about how they felt about it, what it meant. And they got it off their chest and they're like, where's dad? And I'm like, well, he's not home yet, but you're welcome to talk about it with him when he gets home. Also, you're welcome to continue to talk to me about it, you know, throughout the rest of your life. If you're thinking, well, they did. And they came and talked to her. I walked in the door immediately. They ran to me and my son, my eight year old says, dad, I need to talk to you in the safe place. So I think we've alluded to this before, but we have a safe place in our home, which is a green couch in our bedroom. Um, it just sits by the window and we just. That's where they go. Yeah. I mean, that's where we just kind of decided that that was going to be the safe place. Anyway, he pulled me there and whenever I do, he knows, I know it's something that he wants to talk about. That's a little bit more serious um, than his brother stealing one of his toys. So we sat down and he did that. He split his two fingers apart, um, stuck his tongue between it and showed me that he learned something new on the bus. And kind of like my wife, I, I asked him, you know, what was he was told and, when he told me what it was, I, I told him, well, I'm like, you're right. And it's interesting because I'm put in doing the line of work I do. I'm put in unique, awkward situations every day. That's an understatement. Hostile situations. I mean, I could share some really crazy stories, but when it's your own family, your own blood, it's always different, right? And so you always hope that you're having the right reaction. I've just learned with younger people and, and typically I'm working with people older than our eight and 10 year olds. Yeah. Yeah. But there is no skirting around issues anymore. There's no, no walking away or acting like your oven went off and, and they're not going to find out information because no one's going to go and pull out an encyclopedia in dad's office and try to figure it out. Information is readily available and people know. So I don't beat around the bush. And I said, yeah, that's correct. And at your age right now, that probably seems really weird. Yeah. And he was mortified. Yeah, he was mortified. And I asked him, the first thing I asked him, <laughs> I don't know, maybe this was all the training I got way back when I recovered. I said, how does that make you feel? And he told me, he said, it kind of makes me feel gross. It kind of makes me feel weird. And I said, well, that's okay. I said, that's a total, totally normal feeling. And I said, it might seem a little bit, it might make a little bit more sense when you get older, but that's still something, you know, that, you shouldn't be doing and they shouldn't be doing. But the reality is we acknowledged it. We talked for a while and I won't bore you with the details, but we, we validated his feelings. We, we yep. explained that it was right. Like, or what he you know heard was correct. And that even though some people do that, he doesn't have to, and it doesn't have to be normal to him if it's normal to other people. So we gave him power, but we also made sure that he didn't feel like we were tricking him in any way. Right. Like he, he left that conversation completely informed and comfortable. So I, I, neither one of us, you know, wanted to have this conversation with our eight year old. I mean, for sure, not him. Like I just was kind of in shock, but I think it, it really, it brought up another conversation between Danny and I, which was just like that. We're so grateful to be playing offense instead of defense. What was that? Yes. And we've, We've read a few times, and we need to do it again, I guess, holding ourselves accountable. We've read this a few times, but the book, what what is it called? Good Pitchers, Bad Pitchers, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Good. It's a book on pornography that we read our, our boys. And again, another subject, maybe yeah. for another time, that's yep. not one that anyone really wants to talk about. Hey, boys, let's sit around. Let's talk about porn. It, 
but using this book, it's called good pictures, bad pictures, yep. look it up on Amazon. And it's, it, it helps walk people. I don't care if you're five years old or 15 yeah. years old. It just kind of helps walk through the process is, is a, it's a talking point. Yeah. You know? it, it's, so a, it's awesome. That's another thing we've done. Um, that was uncomfortable, but it's been an incredible for, way for us to play offense instead yes. of defense. Amen. Totally agree. Um, before we dive in, I also just want to say, you guys, if you're liking the podcast and we've been getting a lot of awesome feedback, we're so grateful for it. The best way to tell us that you are loving it is by subscribing yeah, do and that. leaving us a review. And most of all, share it, share it with your friends, share it on sh social media. Um, just, just make sure you're getting the word out because we are trying to grow our community and we know um, it's helping a lot of people. So yeah, we hope it does. So today we want to share one thing. Um, each time we're trying to touch on a few things that hopefully can help people get a little traction in their efforts to help their loved one who's suffering from an addiction, right? Or yourself. Today, I, I, I thought of an interesting analogy. And so it goes right in line with playing offense instead of defense. Well, what does that mean? Especially when someone's dealing with an addiction that's pretty much ravaging the entire home. Um, I thought about something, you know, if you're sitting at the dinner table with your loved one and they're choking, you would move real fast, right? Real quickly. <laughs> you might even knock the table over, jumping up to help them. Is this a valid behavior when your loved one's choking? Well, of course, you're going to move quickly, swiftly, and do anything necessary because you don't you don't even have that much time right if you right. fail to act like they're gonna die they're gonna die right in front of you yep so obviously if your loved one has a life-threatening addiction there's great reason to be concerned and there might even be a few circumstances when they need to be hospitalized or detained i have heard numerous stories where very difficult calls and actions were needed to take place in order to save someone's life administering CPR, calling the paramedics, calling the police on them when they're a danger to themselves or someone else. So yes, there are moments where you need to move that swiftly and that quickly. However, I strongly feel that the reason statistics are so terrible, and what I mean by that is nowadays you can get on any CDC government website and check out like disease center websites or whatever. The statistics on people who recover from these fatal addictions is very, very low. However, I strongly feel that the reason statistics are so terrible in regards to people who recover from addictions is because of the approach. Now, people always ask that, I guess, in lieu of statistics. They're always, well, what, how often do people recover? Like, you know, what, what is the percentage of people that you work with that recover? You can ask this same question at a treatment center anywhere. It's low. It's low and it's far too low because we're going about this the wrong way. The approach is also done incorrectly most of the time. And that's what we kind of want to get into here is help people looking at it from a different perspective. Because if things were done the right way and we, we have a more calculated approach, then more people would recover. Obviously, it's going to be several different aspects to this. But today we're talking about the approach, the effort. Now, don't get me wrong. It it's rare that I ever meet a family that isn't actively jumping over tables and tossing chairs across the room to help their loved one. Right. Oh yeah. But it's just that it's, what did you refer to it before? Hun? It was, uh, it's drywall patch. Oh yes. 
So your loved one, you know, their addiction is causing them to run around punching holes in the wall and, and you're patching them up as quick as you can. The, the loved one's addiction changes the dynamic of the entire family structure to almost a, a constant state of reaction. Right. No one's playing offense. Everyone is, is very active and playing defense. They're reacting to every situation, basically hanging on for dear life. Right. It, I actually, if you don't mind, I want to read yeah. from... Um, so in course two, we Danny really dives into this and, and, and gets gets a lot deeper into this with anybody who's if you're new on our website we spent a lot of time and resources putting together some online courses that help families spouses anyone grandparents who love someone suffering from an addiction it helps them walk through the process yep of how to more efficiently and effectively help their loved ones so there's a, a, a series of courses and this is the one you're referring to as course two. Yep. This is this is just straight out of, of the script from course two. I'm actually reading it from our workbook. Um, and he says, let me just be perfectly honest and say that I have yet to meet a spouse or a parent who isn't willing to do just about anything to save their loved one. In fact, they most often turn their own lives upside down in hopes that all of that effort will change the outcome. Here's the problem with that. Everything you are doing is allowing them to stay sick. You will con continue to be what I refer to as the drywall patcher for your loved one. They have a problem, you go patch it up. They spin out of control, you're on call for repairs. All of your energy is consumed by patching the holes that they are creating instead of anything that would actually benefit them or you. And... and Let's talk about defense. So, so to to clearly acknowledge or, or bring light to the situation, like if you're playing defense or offense, I see people playing defense every single day. That's yes. what I see the most. And a lot of it is simple things, justifying things. Well, you know, they've had a really tough time or... You know, I, I do think it's been it's been out of control, but I, I think if they, you know, got to a new school or had a new Yeah, it's getting better. It's better than yeah. it was last you know, week. They, they kind of told me they're feeling better. We're going to go see a doctor and try new medication all the way to the other end of the spectrum, right? Right. Which is spouses lying to their children for good reason. This is one of those rare times about where their, their mom or their dad is. Right. About why their mom or their dad is passed out or acting erratic. I've, I've heard countless, countless, I, I would say 75% of the families I've worked with this year have a serious strain on their marriage. If we're talking about one of their children, the husband and wife, if their relationship is not already hanging on by a thread, it is now yeah. because this has caused so much contention between the two of them right? about how they're going about it. Well, cause they're both doing it like yes. one's pushing and the other one's pulling and so everyone just... gets you know lured into these ways of you know buying them another uber or getting them another night at a hotel room or paying another one of their bills or keeping them on their cell phone bill their plan for far too long all the way up to like showing up for court i actually spoke to a mother a few days ago who showed up to court for her daughter met with the attorney to try to plead with the judge for her daughter's sake who was just out getting high somewhere yeah like so this is where most families fail because they automatically go from worst case scenario. Yeah, but if I don't do what, pay this, they'll lose their car 
for them, they will happen and, or blank will happen and it'll be my fault. So you can plug in your own situations here. Well, if I don't let them stay here, they're going to die. They're just going to be sleeping somewhere they shouldn't, or right. they're going to be out doing, well, if I don't let them get high in the house, who knows where they're going to be out getting high? Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I've, I've heard moms tell me that they're allowing their loved one to use drugs, pass out. And the moms are having to wake them up each morning, hoping that they're alive because that's better than them doing it somewhere else. Well, cause at least they can just check on them, right? That that's, is playing defense. Yep. It's patching a hole. It's putting a bandaid on something. That is the big difference. Now, I don't want to get too far into it, but let me give you an example of what playing offense would be. Understand what's going on, knowing that there's going to be no quick fix, no solution that's going to come immediately, and sitting down with someone. Gaining the help of a professional to sit down and help you put together a calculated plan to help them. Right. Not reacting, because I when they come home and they're blaming you and swearing and they're out of their minds, not reacting to that situation, knowing that in the meantime, you are sitting together, putting together a plan, a plan that's going to include everything monetarily, where we're going to go, how we're going to get there, what we're going to do, what it's going to take from you emotionally, spiritually. The fact that you might need to spend time getting you, your, your spouse and your kids all on the same page of how to approach your loved one. Yep. Those are ways of being proactive because behind the, they're going to keep doing what they're going to keep doing. They, that's not going to change. But in the meantime, you need to change what you're doing. Get everybody unified. Start putting together a real plan to help them. When that plan is going to be applicable and come into play, who knows? But you're getting it ready. Right. And you're starting to prepare yourself with what, what, it, what it's going to take. What I think is crazy is how many hundreds, thousands of times Danny or I have, have heard th- this. Well... We we've already tried everything, and 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 the truth is there's there's really there's nothing that we can we haven't done, and there's nothing that we can do. Uh, they just they're gonna have to choose it at some point, and and you know we're just we're just waiting for they're them have to, to want, want it. it for themselves. That we're waiting for them to want it. Yeah, and and that's true. That's the most common thing. It, it it really really is. So and let me just tell you right now, and we we talked about this in last week's podcast because most families do think that they have tried everything but then they realize that they haven't even come close once they kind of start wrapping their mind around this this new uh, outlook Um, but but secondly fact your your loved one is never ever going to choose recovery because by by definition that they cannot choose right now they they are addicted, and ad- addiction is actually the absence of of the ability to to choose, or or really access any of your decision like logical decision making skills. Yeah, and, and so we actually did a little mini segment on this, and it, it, the topic was the great debate. And yeah, here's the great yeah. debate. It's up on the website, and I think today it's it's becoming less prevalent, but it's still a great debate out there. Is this a disease? Is addiction a disease, or a moral breakdown, moral failure. Here, here's the answer, the only answer you need to know. Who cares? It doesn't matter. You are in the same situation. It's not going to change it. I don't even care if you need to think it's a moral breakdown based upon principles you've taught them. So what? Doesn't matter. It don't. It's not going to change the outcome. But the reality is, 
and I'll be the first one to tell you, addiction starts for some people. Yes, it may it may run in their in their family. You know, it may be what's the word when people have genetic. Yeah, it's genetic something. There are some more genetic tendencies for people to be prone to to or susceptible to that, right? Sure. But n- never does it start where someone has a disease of the brain, right? At first, it's always something fun. It's lighthearted. It's not hurting anyone. Over time, drugs, alcohol, pornography, gambling, eating, just what they do is they literally rewire the way your brain functions and reacts to situations. Right. That's, that is proven. So again, the great debate, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You I'm, still only have one choice. And, and the choice, the only choice you have you is start playing offense and figuring out a way to really effectively help your loved one. Yeah. You're going to have to be the force that, that pushes them to that starting point Correct. of recovery. You might have to actually physically take them to the starting line of the race because you cannot disable addiction if you are active, actively enabling it. Yeah, and most people, when they get to this point, they just let fear creep in that they lack the courage to take what it, what it takes to press forward. Well, it, it's one of my favorite Winston Churchill quotes, and it's, Fear is a, a reaction and courage is a decision. Yeah. And unfortunately, because we love so hard and we hope so much, we we get stuck in that fear, which causes us to be in a constant reactionary state. That's true. And and this would be, I mean, babe, wouldn't you say this is what the main reason we started Living Proof? A hundred percent. It's... It, it, we, we're not here with any claims to actually solve all the problems to get you the the, the results that you're looking for, which are 75% of people. We're here to get people unstuck, traction moving forward, and to be able to see what that path looks like. 100%. Because it, most families are just standing in front of a door and they are pulling a door that says push. Yes, yeah, it's, it's true. I, it tr- truly, they're at the door. They know where they need to go, but they're just using all of their energy in the wrong direction. In the course, our courses walk you through every step of learning how to be proactive instead of reactive and how to play offense instead of defense. I just want to say to all, there are so many good mamas, wives, sisters. I just want to say to, and, and to all of you who are hanging on to your sobriety, because I know there's, some of you out there that listen to this podcast, I, I want to read something to you. Um, I wish I would have written it myself. I did not. But um, here it goes. It says, you might not be able to see where you are headed, but I assure you the Lord can. And he is holding your hand. He's breathing life into every aspect of your present and future. He's shining his light even in the darkest corners of your mind. So hold tight to him, hold tight to his love, knowing that he will never leave you or forsake you. And because of Jesus, you are in his grip forever. No uncertainty, no broken dreams, and no fear of the future can keep you from him. He is with you always in all of this, this. Trust him, believe, and let him gracefully lead you where you need to be. And that is by Morgan Harper Nichols. Danny has, we talked about this last week. There is a lot, there are so many people that are just hanging on. Whether they are on the other side and they're holding on to sobriety 
or they are loving someone who is deciding whether or not they want to live or die. Don't give up. You haven't tried everything. And we really hope from this episode that maybe there's just another insight to your journey and your efforts to help your loved one. We hope it's that maybe next time there's some serious circumstance in your home. There's violence. There's unexplainable situations that happen because they do. They're ugly. They're violent. They're they're dark. Just, they're dark. They're dark situations that happen behind closed doors. Don't think, maybe think about the Heimlich. Think about being at dinner, jumping up, knocking the whole table over to save someone. That's how it feels. But we're going to have to have a much more calculated and prepared plan to help them than that. Otherwise, you'll get stuck doing that over and over. Exactly. And so you're not alone in it. You're not. Our, our courses help walk people through it. I do a lot of one-on-one work and there's other people who do what I do. So you need the help of someone to make sure that your plan is is solidified. It's And that you understand what it will take. Yeah, you you have a clear understanding so that you approach it differently, right? Right. I mean, I I, I overheard a, a, a conversation that Danny was having with a client this week where, you know, it it's a very real decision when a person says, I'm going to do this knowing that it is going to break me into a million pieces because I love this person and it feels more right to continue to to rush in and save them and patch all the holes and and do all the things so that everything feels like I'm I'm saving them. It feels wrong to stop and to take a step back and let the chips fall and let them fall apart. And it's, it's, it's rough and you need somebody with you. It feels uncomfortable to make sure that you're doing things right and more effectively than kind of just what, you know, the love that driving force is telling you to do. So we're here. You're not alone. Our courses are, are, are there to help you. And Danny is always ready to dive in um, and work one-on-one. Yeah, please. And if you have questions on our website, you can go and contact us and let us know um, if there's anything we can do to help. We're so grateful you tuned in one more time. Um, Don't knock over the kitchen table. Try to be a little bit more effective. Have a good week.